On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. You may as well look for me over on a Google LSA as I've got all the hot legal news from the week from Facebook and Google. Facebook launches new features and they're going to great lengths to convince us that they care about small businesses. They don't. All on today's show. You know what time it is. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. We bring you all the digital marketing news of the week powered by the digital marketing community. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere, and you can join our community on Discord at community.marketingoclock.com. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios in beautiful Buffalo, New York, to bring you our famous Friday news show. You can subscribe to our show at youtube.marketingoclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Head over to marketingoclock.com newsletter to receive every article we cover straight to your inbox. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on October 29th, 2021. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode. We have a lot of work going around our um, makeshift studio today, so you might see some special <laughs> friends in the windows, but it's all for our new studio, right? It's coming. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Very exciting. Jess, good to see you. What's going on with you? Um. So let me start by saying I'm not pregnant. <laughs> But we went out. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, nobody asked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should just start all the episodes. That way. <laughs> I'm not either. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> um, we went out <laughs> to dinner this weekend, or I guess technically lunch, dinner, late lunch, and um, we had our little son with us. He's two, and there was a baby at the table next to us, and she was being really cute, and he just kept smiling and looking over there, and he's like going like this and whatever. We're like, Jack, what are you, what are you doing? You saying hi to your new friend? He goes, baby, I get one of those. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> and I was like, uh. A little quick. Yeah. Wow. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> the pressure is on. I know. I know. It was a weird feeling. I was not ready for that. That's so cute, though. It was fun. <laughs> Caleb, what's going on with you? So I brought in a essential oil diffuser for my apartment because I was like, you know, I like good smells and it disperses the smells into the air. Attracts animals. Right. But I shouldn't have used oregano as my first essential Wait, oil. Why what? is that a So scent? I brought like a big 36 pack of just different smells like peppermint, like sage, oregano is one of them. And I was like, oregano, I've never <laughs> heard of like as a good smell. So I had to try it. And I, I just smell like an Italian restaurant in my apartment now. So if you get a whiff of some aromatic spice, it's me. Why is that even an essential oil? Does it have like healing properties or something? I, it was in the aromatherapy box, so it has to do something. I'll let you know after a full 48 hours. <laughs> you could, you the, could. Li- the life you live. Yeah. I had to be hungry all day. Like, I need pizza. Hey, I met Alfredo, so it probably had a little bit of an effect, right? Greg, what's going on with you? I just came back from a vacation. I went to Atlanta and then Chattanooga. And I've got three main things, just three main learnings. One, the place, maybe it's, I thought it was the whole city of Chattanooga. Maybe this is where I was staying. It smelled like chickens. Like, it's essential oil. Like actual yeah, chickens. It's like yeah, somebody chickens put in the wrong like. diffuser. So that was one, one takeaway from Chattanooga. Another thing is in the South, people have, maybe must have more friends. Everybody's on their phones all day long. Everybody outside on their phones. Really? Talking to somebody. Everywhere in the airport, everybody's on the phone. I'm like, I, I try not to talk on the phone. Like, phone you know, calls. Phone calls. Wow. Phones. Yep. And then third is I thought there's like Southern hospitality and everything. I went to the Atlanta um, Botanical Gardens. There is no manners. 
in Atlanta. <laughs> People are just there for themselves. There are all these old couples just trying to budge in line and like ask these questions and get through. Nobody moves over for you on the sidewalk. There's no Southern hospitality. It is fake. We just lost all of our Yeah, wow. So yeah. I take it you really enjoyed your trip. This one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are glad to have you back. And if you want to catch more of Greg this week, you can catch him on the Funnel Reboot Show with Glenn Schmeltzley. You guys are talking about what makes a perfect PPC professional. And it's a really good episode. Lots of good insights there. So you can catch that. Whichever podcast player you're listening to our show, you can catch it there. And also, we have a new agency scoop drop dropping this week. Caleb, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, new episodes dropping today. Um, me and Nicole Waddington, were talking to Jill about the intern experience, the ins and outs, the good parts, the bad parts. So it's a really good conversation. Check it out. Yeah. So plenty of Caleb and Greg to go around this week. <laughs> and really exciting update. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can now watch us now. So look for our video if you want to see our beautiful faces. Greg, I heard we have some really exciting news to get to this week. So. <laughs> I don't know about exciting. Without further ado... Please tell us the legal news. All right. And worth noting, all the stories are alleged and parts of suits and things that are redacted from specific employees. But very important to know, all alleged. All right. So there was a massive Facebook document release and also an unredacted filing last week on a suit against Google. And the suit is led by, against Google, is led by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and joined by 15 states. And it complements a separate antitrust case by the U.S. Justice Department and 38 state attorneys generals focused on Google's search services, as well as a Utah-led lawsuit targeting Google's Play App Store. And to try to make this not as overly depressing as it is, we're going to play a new game. And this is called the Who's Worse crossfire with greg finn esquire <laughs> as we run through all the legal documents of the week so listen up think in your mind and everybody at home who is worse which of these ad platforms is worse <laughs> all right and the first up from the news facebook has basically discovered they're bad at vaccine comments and trying to get correct information and stop the spread of a COVID-19 because nobody can and also <laughs> COVID-19 misinformation within comments. So a document dated March 21st said that the vaccine hesitancy in comments is rampant and that their ability to detect a vaccine hesitant comments is bad in English and they need better policy guidelines. So kind of an innocuous one here at the start, but next vaccine puns. <laughs> next up, is Google, and this is about Google's costs, specifically their AdX platform. And this comes from a massive blockbuster story from the WSJ, and a lot of information that was previously redacted is now unredacted. And so some of those are numbers, some of those are different people, and then some are some really spicy details. So in this suit against Google, they're arguing that Google's business practices inflate advertising costs, which brands pass on to consumers and higher priced products. It also alleges that Google suppresses competition from rival exchanges and limits websites' options for ad delivery. And there is maybe the best thread out there from Patrick McGee, at Patrick McGee underscore on Twitter. And one thing that he started with was about some of the exchange charges. And Google's exchange charges publishers 19 to 22% of the total clearing prices, which is double to quadruple the prices of some of its nearest competitors. And furthermore, Google's display advertising network, or GDN, extracts higher fees, 32 to 40%, so even higher. 
And this is something that just got unredacted that I loved from from the suit. A Google employee conceded, an exchange shouldn't be an immensely profitable business like a public good used to facilitate buyers and sellers. That's what it should be like. However, Google went on to say, and this is from the suit, why does Google charge such high rates? Because, quite simply, we can. Oh my God. Smaller pubs don't have alternative revenue sources. <laughs> so that was nice. And of course, Google's ad exchange is one of the, the largest out there. 60% share of all display ad inventory um, in 2019 was sold on uh, Google's ad exchange. The closest exchange competitors typically transact a mere 4 to 5%. So Google is charging that much simply because they can. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay, now let's flip it back to Facebook. So in the news, Facebook was almost kicked off of Apple. Apple had threatened to ban Facebook over online slave markets. Not what you want. Mm-mm. Not good. And Apple had been tipped off by a BBC News um, Arabic report that found domestic workers being sold via Instagram and other apps where Ugh. sellers were encouraged buyers to mistreat the rules and people, obviously. So that's terrible. And the civil civic integrity team that Facebook put together was often directly blocked by Mark Zuckerberg. So when there was something like a a repressive law instituted in Vietnam, um, agreeing to moderate more aggressively against anti-state content, uh, Zuckerberg said had blocked that. That's not what you want. Okay, this is a tight one. Tight race today. If you're not watching us on um, Spotify or YouTube, Just Bud is over here giving some (laughs) thumbs down. Okay. That's all I have to say. Just when you think you might have a winner, we're going to get to Google and what was uncovered with their Jedi program. Sounds cool. For my Halloween costume. (laughs) It's not cool. And that's a terrible, terrible costume. Because basically, there's something um, called header bidding where you publishers can place their ad inventory on numerous ad exchanges at once. And it allows you to get the best price. And it sidesteps Google's waterfall approach to bidding, which often favors Google's ad servers. So Google didn't like header bidding. And to respond, and this is another thing too. Let me just get to this part too. Um, in public on a, I believe it was an earnings call, Google said to the public that that header bidding, when it rolled out in 2016, it was adopted by 70% of all online publishers. Google said to the public, it is not at all, quote, a threat to us. Internally, and this redacted part, Google deceptively told the public that we don't see header bidding as a threat to our business, not at all, but privately, they deemed it an existential threat literally the opposite of what they told the public in the earnings report those are two different things and so <laughs> google's response was to make to make its own exchange win even when another exchange submitted a higher bid according to the complaint that is alleged this program's name was jedi and the un the goals that just got unredacted of jedi weren't about financial targets or output increases According to the suit, the goals of Jedi was measured, the success was measured by how much it stopped publishers from using header bidding. And there is also an example that was given by a Googler who was redacted. So we don't know who who this was, but it was somebody within uh, Google. And an example showed that there were, what it would look like with 
the implementation that they were doing, and we'll get to it a little bit more, but they're basically making making their own their own exchange win. So one AdX bid would be $4. There'd be another bid out there that was a non-Google bid for $8, and then another AdX bid for $6. And so this Googler said, the outcome should be, the outcome will be with this Jedi change, the AdX would win at $6, but that is suboptimal for pubs yield or how much publishers make. The winner should have been EB, the other outside example, for $8. So they said, this generates suboptimal yields for publishers and serious risks of negative media coverage if exposed externally. And this is from a Googler. So all you out there wondering why you're not making that much, it's on purpose. <laughs> it's on because purpose. they can. Because they're trying to get rid of header binning. And it's no wonder the do no evil mantra was removed from Google. And as much as you like Google, that feeling is not reciprocated. It's sad. Google used to be this awesome company. I I still want to love Google, but they don't care. They knowingly cost publishers money in order to make more money for themselves. And so you can't look at this example here of saying, internal memo of how the platform is broken and how they're taking money out of the publisher's pockets and helping to destroy these other platforms. It's, it is quite literally criminal, this is. It's terrible. So is it time to vote yet or do you have more details? Oh, we got a lot more coming. <laughs> so just remember, in the back of your mind, think about this when you're flipping everything over to automated bidding approving these OptiScore recommendations and just adhering to these partner program changes that Google doesn't care about you at all. No, advertisers the are the middle child to Google. Yeah. They, they don't, don't care, care about us. Not, not The only thing they care about is your pocketbook shop. And it's something to remember because you have to be looking out for yourself. If you're a, like Google doesn't care about you. And in fact, they just see you as something to take advantage of. And it's sad, but that's what it is. Okay, so anyway, let's get back to the other team, Facebook. Mm. And so five years ago, Facebook gave its users five new ways to react and post their news feed beyond the iconic like thumbs up. So you could do love, haha, wow, sad, and angry. Behind the scenes, Facebook programmed the algorithm that decides what people see in their news feeds to use the reaction emoji as signals to push more emotional and provocative content, according to the Washington Post. Starting in 2017, Facebook's ranking algorithm treated emoji reactions as five times more valuable than likes. And Facebook's own researchers were quick, quick to suspect a critical flaw, according to the Post. They favorite, they would favoring controversial posts, including those that made users angry and could open the door to more spam, abuse, clickbait inadvertently. So that's for three years, they uh, systematically amped up some of the worst of its platform, making it more prominent in users' feeds just to get the reaction. <laughs> I mean, that's, so that's what social bad. media is for, right? Just yeah. to get a reaction out of people? To make people mad. Okay. I'm not surprised. That's None so it. bad. It's All right. just, it hurts to see it on paper, though. It really does. It does. And, and, and now we might be leaning a little more towards Facebook, but here's some more information from Google <laughs> about AMP. And the complaint that was unredacted alleges that Google also developed Accelerated Mobile Pages, or AMP, a version of website hosted on Google servers, um, 
is a, in part a way to combat header bidding. Google explicitly designed AMP pages to not work well with header bidding, the suit alleges, and deliberately made ads that didn't use AMP load with a one-second delay to give AMP what Google called a nice comparative boost. Publicly, Google claimed AMP sites loaded four times faster than non-AMP pages, but internally, according to these documents, Google employees said they grappled with being asked to justify a system that actually made websites, quote, slower, end quote according to the complaint. Google's internal documents show that AMP pages brought 40% less revenue to publishers as well, according to the suit. And this is why when Google pushes these things out there, it's, it's like everybody thinks I'm like a, like Aaron Wall is, is the main person, SEO book on Twitter, who's been saying this for years, in, in decades. He's been saying this for a decade. And nobody's ever listened to him. Everybody said he was crazy. Um, he's right this whole time. And then you should always be doing what is best for you and for your, for your users. And so Google intentionally slowed down non-AMP ads to give AMP a comparative boost. It's unbelievable. And then there's somebody, Tom McWright at TMCW on Twitter, who called this out and said, ahem, did Google's very visible public engineer AMP representatives know about this? And he was talking about Malti Ubel, who was the head of AMP and talked about all the different things that were really beneficial about AMP. And Tom went on to say, it sure seems like everyone is in on the scam, including the super senior engineers who were tweeting about it, just being a good natured attempt to make the web faster. You know what happened? Malty blocked Tom for that comment. <laughs> and Tom didn't even didn't even add him in there anyway. And so Tom said, uh, we have an official response. And has a screenshot of Malty blocking him. <laughs> and then Rand Fishkin, a.k.a. Rand Fishman, oh had a tweet God. out there that said, all those years, all those Googlers, devs, and SEOs defending Yamp, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. I just wish journalists at Danny Sullivan, and, and tagged him too, before... Google bought him off, was here to excoriate them for these disgusting actions. He's not wrong. Danny can hold people's feet to the fire. Danny isn't there anymore. Ginny can hold people's feet to the fire. Ginny's not there anymore. I feel like we're the only people yelling. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like we're just yelling to the void. Yeah, to the two people at the bus stop out there. Okay, so that's pretty terrible. Not good. Not only were they slower, they made the other ads load slower for non-amp sites to make it seem like a boost. Just despicable. And again, with all of this, I just think the saddest part is how not surprised I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's get back to Facebook because they released why likes, or it was uncovered why likes were never hidden on Facebook and Instagram. And if you recall, we kept going back and forth about this last mm -hmm. year, a highly publicized plan from last year to hide those counts never happened because the change hurt ad revenue and led people using the app to use the app less. A quiet test of the experience on Facebook app was also killed after leadership told Zuckerberg that it wasn't a top barrier to sharing nor a top concern for people. So instead of hiding all those likes for users by default, Instagram adopted a half measure where you could let people opt into hiding their likes. But that's why it never rolled out because people use the app less. Makes right. sense. Well, let's get back to Google because in the documents, there was concerns internally about misleading users on the WhatsApp security that um, had happened during the agreement about uh, giving WhatsApp users the option of backing up their messages. Users were led to believe they're encrypted. They were not. And again, see Patrick McGee's post for this, but users were led to believe that they were encrypted. They were not. And Google also knew about this as well. 
Okay, so now let's just do Google and Facebook as they teamed up on something called Jedi Blue. Stop. A nice little takeoff of Jedi. In 2018, <laughs> Google struck a previously reported deal with Facebook that it was codenamed Jedi Blue. And the complaint alleges that Facebook engaged in an 18-month header bidding strategy to increase its leverage in such a deal. And for this, Google and Facebook basically teamed up to try to get rid of header bidding, according to this lawsuit, saying that Google doesn't want to compete with Facebook, according to Patrick McGee. And in the document, it says it would rather, quote, build a moat, end quote, by collaborating instead. And Facebook anticipated that it was 18-month head bidding strategy, which, again, is a new, new unredacted detail. Um, there's a whole bunch more information in there. There are minimum spends that Facebook would have to do and bid and win. Um, how often Facebook would win the publisher's accounts. And there's it, it, there's total collaboration on trying to team up to get rid of header bidding for their benefit and for the detriment of publishers and advertisers. Mm -hmm. And if you want another example, Jason Kint at Jason underscore Kint on Twitter had a bunch of examples where um, other marketplaces were competing for inventory and open bidding, had 160 millisecond timeouts, where Google nearly doubled the timeouts for Facebook, extending them to 300 milliseconds. So we were giving them extra time on the bidding, and it was not a level playing field at all. And they both knew about it in order to get rid of header bidding as well. Terrible. You want more? You, you, yeah. You don't. I, I'm, I'm just sad. Okay. There's more. Well, this is Google pushing <laughs> Facebook, Apple, and Microsoft to go lax on their privacy. In August 6, 2019, just a few years ago, Apple, Google, Apple, Microsoft, and Google discussed forestalling consumer privacy efforts. And this would seem like it was really on the side of Google, according to these documents that were released. Google said, we have been successful in slowing down and delaying the process, which meant e-privacy regulation, and have been working behind the scenes, hand in hand with other companies. So they're finding areas of alignment and narrow gaps in our positions and priorities on child privacy and safety while trying to fight back against the general privacy. So good that they're trying to help children's privacy, not good that they're trying to stall all the privacy progress that we're having out there. Google was apparently frustrated that Facebook was not aligning with it to reduce users' privacy. And in one of the documents, a Google employee was talking about a Facebook employee saying, we've had difficulty getting FB to align on our privacy goals and strategies as they have at times prioritized winning on reputation over its business interest in legislative debates. <laughs> what a line. And so Google also asked Microsoft to stop subtle privacy attacks <laughs> and outlines, quote, ways we can work together. And... I, 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 there's just so much. There's another, uh, the complaint says that Google uses privacy as a pretext to conceal its true motives. I, I mean, we see that with keyword. Like you just take everything you hear from these giant companies with a grain of salt. Anyway, the game's over. It's not. Yeah. Do you feel great now? No. no feel, feel fantastic? I feel kind of justified that like we were right. Like they are evil. It's worse. Who's the winner? Who's the loser? Uh, no, it's the loser. Okay, so I've been this, I'm so stressed about this the whole time because like the Google stuff is so bad. I feel like it's so Scroogle, Ebenezer Scroogle, but like once you get to the slavery, it's like how do we move I, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Google, you gotta give it to Facebook. Yeah. It's the worst. Like that's unbelievable. Like so selling bad. domestic to, workers, to, human beings. 
To be fair, I don't think they encouraged it. It was just something that they didn't stop fast enough, which is them on a moderation standpoint. But like Mark's yeah. I don't know that's name a was in the section. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just want, for the record, they did not, they had no part of the slavery part. It was about catching and stopping things yeah. quick enough. But, and I don't know if you want to wait until social, because I have some stories that I think will push this in Google, oh, in Facebook's favor, oh, or not favor, but make Facebook more of <laughs> the loser. Because I think, Shep, you're right. Like, Google's Google's being evil, but it's all business. Yeah. Facebook's yeah. got some deeper ethical issues. All right. You want me to talk about it? Well, yeah, you want to wait? We'll, we'll wait. We'll okay. wait. You may make the decision at home. Can I just make another coming. point? The real, the real loser is us because... Yes. Well, not for the reason you're thinking. It's the week of Halloween. And I just wish I had the foresight to throw together like some costume with Star Wars, but like bags of money crossover. <laughs> that would have been so good. Spray paint your Jedi costume blue. Yeah, why didn't we think of that? Are you done? I'm, I, was, I was on vacation. I'm like, oh my God, this, this is horrible. This is awful. Is this even related to the last awful thing? I'm trying to look at the aquarium with my... Oh, this is a different awful piece. Yeah, I was seeing oh everything. Oh my God, this is another awful piece. Not this isn't related. You guys, Facebook cares so much about small businesses. Get lost. And Andrew oh, Hutchinson no. is here to tell you all about it. So first, they're testing the ability for businesses to make audio and video calls via business inbox in Messenger. Personally, I would rather die than talk to anyone on the phone ever, as we just talked about. Um, my desk phone rings, and I literally break out into hives. Like, it's so absurd. But I understand that people of all ages are on Facebook, and this could be like an accessibility thing. You know, like, I get that this is good. So... Great. Good for you. Um, also announced Facebook is expanding its live audio rooms to select SMBs. This will enable them to host live conversations on topics relevant to their customers and people can discover them across Facebook. Small businesses can invite friends, followers, creators, or any listeners in the room to be a speaker. They are also introducing appointment booking tools. These enable businesses to set up quick and easy appointment scheduling right from their business page. It syncs with Google Calendar and popular booking tools. Okay, here's the next part. When users like or love an ad from a small business, a new message will be shown. You're helping that small business grow in a way that lets them be discovered and more people who will love their products. Ugh. You can also improve your own experiences by seeing fewer personalized ads that do not match your interests. So this is all, this is a quote from Ad Hutch coming in clutch. This is all part of Facebook's broader push to highlight why personalized ads are of a benefit to brands as it seeks to stop everybody switching off of Facebook's apping via Apple's new ATT prompts. And why do they think people are going to just buy all this? Like, I obviously agree. I'm an avatar advertiser like there's benefits for businesses but they just sound so shady when they put it this way like you nobody trusts you not anymore are you kidding well maybe they'll change your name everybody will forget about that i already forgot that they were doing that <laughs> that's probably why they're doing it i changed my name again <laughs> just a couple weeks too late Let's keep changing it <laughs> they're also adding catalog collections to whatsapp um, so brands can organize their products by category. They announced some updates to Ad Manager that will simplify the ad creation process. Okay, over to the Instagram side. They are introducing collabs where you can make 
someone as a collaborator on your content and if they accept it, your content will reach both of your audiences, but it's one post. It shares the likes, the comment thread, everything. That sounds awesome. Um, they also announced new effects for reels, including 3D lyrics, dynamic lyrics, and super beats. So this video was like this man who's just like staring into my soul. Like I kind of felt like he was hitting on me. And Adam Mazzari. So he's like, oh, we have these new effects for reels, everybody. Like he's like the coolest guy I've ever seen. And he explains yeah. the 3D lyrics. They're like, you're like dancing through the lyrics. Like, okay, cool. But he doesn't explain the other things. And it's like, Super beats, like that sounds like a, a smoothie. Like, <laughs> ew, a beet smoothie. smoothie. I mean, they're a superfood. What are your comments on Adam? I mean, I just, I just saw him, and it was one of those people that you you can tell is trying so desperately to look hip. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's Jess doesn't catch a stray here, but. When Jess talks about shipping or whatever you say, I ship everything. <laughs> it's like the dude is trying way too hard. He's so so desperate to be cool. Any it, it you can you can taste it. it's palpable. I think he was it's, cool. It ships. You thought right. he was cool? Well, I just felt like he was like so relaxed. Like I bought whatever he was selling. So this man. is exactly what he wants you to think, right? Oh. <laughs> And finally, here's the big news. They do care about small businesses because you can now upload a photo or video to Instagram from desktop and you have the ability to create Instagram only ads on desktop from ads manager. That does way more for small businesses, which is probably the easiest fix they could have made than these dumb prompts on Facebook. So thank you, Instagram. And thank you, Adam. Call me. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up just for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. So after that first main news story, if you're not depressed yet, well, buckle up because here it comes. Melissa L. Mackey at Beyond the Paid on Twitter said, fire in today's search engine line email newsletter from George Wynn. Quote, marketers have become cynical or numb. Adapting an attitude that I can only describe as Google's going to Google, likewise for Facebook and Amazon. She then talked about the fact that we've grown to tolerate and expect this type of behavior. And then Matt Van Wagner hopped in from the top ropes and said, <laughs> at M Van Wagner on Twitter. And he said, any illusion of control over platforms is just that, illusion. What we feel is not apathy. It is powerless. The increasing loss of control is frustrating, but it is also inevitable. The death of search marketing consultancy as we have lived it draws nearer. That is darker than my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> and I wore gray today, so I guess it's true. Very Halloween-esque. You know, very that is so sad. I would say that with the exception that none of these brands like, like working with each other unless they're going to try to break the other networks you know what i mean so yeah in a way they're dumbing everything down but you still need to allocate the money to all these heathens you know what i mean so death draws nearer greg someone check on matt death draws nearer. now it's time for this week's icymi this is something you just might not have seen maybe something that you overlooked but you shouldn't have I see why my people from Bastin at Bastin31 on Twitter 
Google Smart's <laughs> Google Smart bidding recommendation. Let's give it time to learn at least 21 days. Also Google, but on smart bidding. With pay for conversions, where the algo manages all. Four days and not working? Stop! <laughs> this is so true! If you ever use pay for conversions, it just shuts off and will you'll never see an impression again. If it finds out it can't make money quickly, it'll just turn that thing right the heck off. Oh, this chart is life. <laughs> yeah, this is a good chart. This is a good chart. We got to share it. <laughs> Watch the video. Great chart. We'll have to see what Barry thinks. Now it's time for this week's pew, pew. lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. And first up in the paid universe this week from PPC Greg on Twitter, he asks, has there always been a minimum size for audience exclusions on Google properties? This is the first time he saw a notification in his account that says the audience was too small to exclude. I didn't realize that either, but I guess it makes sense. I don't know. It's fair. We'll see what happens. Fine. And next, people are always talking about the streaming wars, but I feel like nobody's really talking about the ad platform wars enough. <laughs> On October 21st, Microsoft Advertising released this notification, or this tweet at 11 a.m. Microsoft ad, Microsoft and Shopify have partnered to help you grow your business. The improved Microsoft Channel app makes it easy to connect with Microsoft Search Network and Microsoft Audience Network shoppers. And then... At 11.09 a.m. on the same day, <laughs> Google Ads tweets, it's now easier for big commerce merchants to reach shoppers across Google. You can now list your products for free on Google, promote them with ad campaigns, and measure performance all directly from your big commerce store. So Google's just like, hold my beer. Like <laughs> They're always going back and forth. And I'm sure Microsoft will have big commerce next because I'm pretty sure they already have a partnership with Shopify, which I stole from Barry's article because he decided to make these the same story. I would too. They were 10 minutes apart. Kirk Williams tweeted from his at PPC Kirk Twitter account. Google just confirmed with me that deleting a feed has the same negative impact on product history. It resets it. And Google Merchant Center as changing the ID. Anyone else heard from Google? Can you confirm ads liaison? So Jenny replied and said, if you're planning to continue listing existing products, we recommend uploading a new feed with that similar product data before deleting the old feed. That way the offer essentially transfers to the new feed. Then Kirk said, so I'm understanding that if a feed container gets deleted with nothing to replace it, the product history will, in essence, be erased and start over, even if the IDs do not change in the new feed added in later. Correct? And Jenny said that is correct. So that's super helpful. Thank you, Jenny. And from David Herman at Herman Digital on Twitter, he is alerting us that you can now run dark posts on TikTok. I feel like that sounds really sketchy, but he's just talking about for ads. It's not like the dark. Right. <laughs> I feel like we need another term for that. So if you want to A-B test a ton, go into ad settings right when you post. It's the dot, dot, dot at the bottom right. Scroll to ad settings, and then you'll see a only show in ads button. Flick that on. Okay. Thanks, David. <laughs> Mark Bassoni at Mark B. Clicky was asking Jenny for help this week because he's seeing some very questionable behavior from at Google Ads display campaigns 
Um, his ads are appearing on some very dubious websites, he says, and RDAs take a very clickbait form and make themselves out to be something that they are not on a website. So he has a couple of ex- examples here, but there's just some weird placements like this one website you guys will have to watch to really understand. But it's like, are you ready to get the grant now? And then his ad is in the middle where it almost looks like it's the CTA button for that headline and it's not. And then there's another one. <laughs> the Google's turned into everything it, is, it has railed against in having misleading, deceptive ads. These ads are, are, are very deceptive. Maybe it's by the AI that's saying, oh, look, if we can get a click here, fine. What do we care about the user? And or the advertiser and it actually converting? Or what do we care about the user? We just want the money. Obviously, we know that that's a pretty big theme with Google. But these ads stink. And I like how <laughs> I like how Mark asked for his money back too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's another even crazier example where it is a job website and the um, organic post next to it for a job. And then it's his ad and it's for a, another job site that he's advertising for. And it says apply now. So people think they're applying for the job. So just really sketchy. And I feel like some of the biggest takeaways here are... These are responsive. You have to make sure all of your ad copy works independently. Keep an eye on placements. Like that's how he found this, just digging in the weeds in his placement report to see where his ads were showing. And then we still have static image ads for now at least. So just (laughs) use those when you can, unlike search. And Christina from Discord shared this week. She said, not sure if this is new or just to me, but I'm listening to Amazon Accelerate and it came up that you can send free email campaigns to folks who follow your brand through Amazon. And then she has a description and the link for how you can do so for yourself and a tutorial. So thank you so much, Christina. And if you're looking for more juicy tips like this, you can always join us on Discord, community.marketingoclock.com to sign up. Okay, next we have this article from TechCrunch called Researchers Show Facebook's Ad Tools Can Target a Single User. I don't know about that. Um, As you know, if you're a sorry person who has to deal with FB, FBADs, as I call it, Facebook (laughs) ads. Yeah, that's not the first time I made that joke. Um, they use a potential reach value to predict audience size based on your targeting. And if the potential audience size for that campaign is more than a thousand, your ads are allowed to run. So basically they tried to create an audience based on the entrance listed in like a real person's user profile. And then they ran a campaign. Facebook told them the audience size was greater than a thousand, but they were only able to reach one user. And then they like reached out to that user or is a fake profile. I don't really understand and they saw the ad. So it was like proof that they only targeted this one person. I would like to know why I've set up so many audiences that are too small to serve if this is the case. It's just, I don't believe it. I, I don't either. Like at one point you could do this. And that's when the one guy, it was maybe like seven years ago, targeted his girlfriend, like a specific message. Ooh. You can't do this now. This is this is wrong. I'm <laughs> like, don't listen to this. And they also um, say that there's workarounds for a limit of 100 people in an audience um, that applies to custom audiences. That's first part. It's called remarketing. Like, whoever wrote this doesn't know anything about advertising. And I'd like a follow up. From Eric Sufert on Twitter, at Eric underscore Sufert. He says, mobile attribution company Apps Flyer is reporting an increase in null conversion values for SK Ad Network postbacks, potentially indicating that Apple has made its privacy threshold even more stringent. So that's great. Everybody keep it up. It was weird that their ad revenue went up when they increased their privacy before. I wonder uh, wonder if it's going to go up again. (laughs) 
We'll have to see. And from George Wynn for Search Engine Land, Google adds app advertisers are no longer required to implement deep linking to run app campaigns for engagement. App- advertisers can select set app to homepage during ad group creation to direct users to the homepage. So a lot easier if that's an option for you. Background checks are no longer required for lawyers and real estate agents who want to run local service ads on Google. But do you know what they do require seemingly from all the local service ads I've seen? Headshots. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to play a quick game here. This is a audio segment for visual headshots. (laughs) And um, I have six headshots here. Uh, Give a brief explanation of what the person looks like and why you think they're a personal injury lawyer or a real estate agent. Caleb, we're going to start with you with the guy all the way to the left. Perfect. Um, That's great for our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Give a brief description. All right. Alright, this guy is definitely a real estate agent. 100%. The smile, the glasses, the shirt is just open and you can see it. 100%. Yeah. This is a headshot for the James Hoffman team. Hunt Real Estate ERA. You are correct, Caleb. <laughs> it's the open shirt. Okay, Jess, you're next. I get the next guy? Yeah. I've seen him on billboards around and I don't remember what he does, <laughs> but I got a 50-50 shot. And based on the fact that he's got a tie suit coat he's leaning backwards and he's perfectly smiling and his hair is like no one touched it since he was born it's just like perfect <laughs> lawyer you are correct this is jed dietrich from the dietrich law firm pc eddie zernheld you were just jed bombed <laughs> it's a little game we have going on his phone number is three nine three nine three nine i write it on all the bananas okay wow Oh, Maybe calling. you can just target one person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. so, Greg, so I have um, a, a, a lady in a nice uh, sport coat and a purple uh, formal <laughs> shirt, a uh, friendly looking smile. But due to her posture, I'm going to go lawyer. You are incorrect. Whoa. This is Carol Klein Hunt Real Estate ERA. Are these all local folks that yeah. showed up on LSAs mm-hmm. for you? Okay. I hope we have a lot of local listeners. It's free Especially ads. in the legal and real estate Yeah, and I didn't even click on their LSAs, so it's good for them. Okay, Caleb, oh last round, everyone. You've got a tricky one next. Oh, yeah, that's a doozy. So this guy is wearing some short. Uh, his shirt is like multicolored, I think, and I think he has on like a necklace or something. I'm going to go with this guy has to be real estate because I can see him just saying like, oh, yeah, I'm late. Sorry, it's 15 minutes. And, and the next thing you know, it's two hours later. He's like, you still want to see the place? He just but, drove by, too. Did you yeah. hear it? Yeah. <laughs> That's Charles Glander, Avant Realty. <laughs> Jess, Sorry, Charles. last one. Oh, easy. So Caleb's winning. Let's see if you can tie him. He's a lawyer. He's got books behind him. <laughs> You're correct. <laughs> this is an ad for Andrews, Bernstein, and Maranto. I don't know which one that gentleman is, but um, they're a personal injury law firm. Greg, <laughs> you already lost. <laughs> you can guess them. I, I'm going to say this person's a lawyer. There's a Capitol-looking building behind her. City Hall. And, but she's got a, a very nice smile that could be a realtor, but because of the building in the back, I'm going lawyer. You're correct. That's Francie Lange, LLB. <laughs> LL Bean? She's LL Bean's lawyer? She lives here? <laughs> Caleb and Jess, you tied. Yay. Well, you know what the real loser is? The audience. <laughs> Guys, you have to watch the anchor version. This is an audio people. platform. Sure. Sorry, it wasn't us. You did it first. Okay, Greg, what's happening in organic? Like, come on. <laughs> All right, first up in organic this week is a tweet from Google Search Central. They said the Search Analytics API, which already provides data about search performance, is being updated. 
didn't put the D in there, to also include discover and news data. In addition, regex support has also been added to the query and page dimensions. So pretty cool. Um, they also said the process, the rollout didn't work properly until the 26th was when I think they got past all the bugs. So as of Tuesday, this is active and it was previously using a search type parameter that's changing to just the type parameter. If you wanna pull in search, Google Discover or Google News and they are still supporting the search name um, as well. So that parameter will still work if you've got an old system going. All right, next up by way of Glenn Gabe and Andrew Hutchinson over on social media today. YouTube is adding auto chapters as a search element in the next stage of the chapters push. So they say starting this week, auto chapters are gonna be used as a source of metadata and searches made on mobile. So previously only the creator, creator defined chapters were used in this way. Auto chapters will now only appear in search if creator defined chapters are unavailable. So this is a good reason that you should have already been using chapters and use that descriptively with the names of those. But if you haven't, this is good for you. So it's better for long form videos and lazy people. Congrats. That's That's, I'm both of those things. <laughs> oh, perfect for you. All right, next up from CNBC, Amazon is launching in-store pickup option for items from local businesses. They are rolling out local selling, which allows small, medium-sized businesses who sell products on Amazon to offer in-store pickup and fast delivery to shoppers who live near their physical retailer stores. So you could say, I want to buy this. If you think something's going on stock, you can actually purchase it on Amazon and then go pick it up. So they're coming for target with that one. Pretty cool. All right. Next up, YouTube is YouTube is warning creators that it start to demonetize low quality kids videos next month. To me, aren't they all low quality? That's my yes. whole life. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's like, you watch these and it's like hoopla kids and it's a garbage cartoon and bad singing, but kids love that stuff. They do. What is What is your, your kid? He's big on Blippi yeah. and, and Jack Jack. Jack Jack you? plays. Um, my lady's a little young. We oh. like Real Housewives. <laughs> oh, tell us more about your child. I didn't even bring her up. All right. So <laughs> this is going to include content that encourages negative behavior and attitudes like bullying, dishonesty, and disrespect to others, dangerous pranks, unhealthy eating habits, and more. So if you're overly commercial like a Ryan's Tory review where you're trying to sell products, you could um, be demonetized. Um, even though... I'm sure he's not making money. The majority of the money isn't coming on the ads because he's got his own product line. It is an ad. The whole video. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And Spotify is making good on an earlier vow, rolling out video podcasting to everyone through its creation platform, Anchor. That's another reason to use Anchor. If you're looking to set up a podcast, you can get onto Shopify. I did it. I knew it. It It happened. So you can make it on a Shopify (laughs) video. And all you do, we did it last week. You can see us on Spotify right now. And all you have to do is upload the video version of it. It'll convert it to audio, do everything for you. Super easy, right, Caleb? Yeah, super easy. Simple, quick, efficient. All right. Next up in the That's a You Problem news (laughs) is a tweet that started from Eli Schwartz, where he said, today in Aleda's hashtag SEO FOMO chat, Arish Abdubali brought up that she has not seen any impact from Core Web Vitals work. I've always been skeptical that there would be ever be measurable impact from work on speed. But now that it's been a few months, can anyone point to impact? So a few people were defending 
Google specifically saying that, especially at the beginning, they said this was going to be a minor impact. Like we've been saying forever when people are talking about deleting all the images off their site to speed up their core web vitals and reformatting everything just for speed. And then Nick Wilson jumped in and said, Google massively oversold the benefits. They walked it back when they realized they had done way too good a job. You can't entirely blame SEOs, although they should have known better. It was too easy to target to simply improve a score, especially when so little of the work was on them. To which Danny responded, from the announcement, quote, a good page experience doesn't override having great relevant content that hasn't been walked back and remains on our current help page. Great page experience doesn't override having great page content. Which is what we've been screaming about. <laughs> been screaming I about mean, a lot of things today. You're Greg. saying it's been oversold. And people are saying, Eli, even in this this thread said, that's not how people sold it to their clients and partners. We didn't do that. Google didn't do that. Google said to look at it and everybody lost their minds because there's a way for SEOs to make money by increasing core web vitals and for them to show something for once that you can look at something tangible and that is quantitative and say, here were your core web vitals before. Look what I did. Now there's that. that. SEOs did this. It's a you problem, SEOs. It is not a Google problem. All right. Next up from Vorticon Commander, Valentin Pletzer on Twitter. He had a tweet saying, Google is featuring shareable GIFs. Hashtag Google, hashtag mobile, hashtag SERP. <laughs> so everybody out there, <clears throat> Azim, if you're looking for a GIF of a draft, giant gems, or even germs, you can now get a shareable GIF in the results. Great. Yeah, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there may have been. Oh! It's time for Barry's Charts with Greg. There may have been a Google search ranking algorithm update on the smaller side on around October 26, according to Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable and host of the Friday SEO News on I think he's I think he's on Spotify now. So if you've subscribed to us, go like and follow him there. But Barry has a quote. But Barry has a post saying there was both some limited chatter on that day. Limited is that it was more than the norm, but less than a huge update. Many of the tools showed elevated volatility on around the 28th. I don't know. These are pretty average charts this week, but I, I'm going to give it to AccuRanker because everybody kind of had like a little teeny improvement, but AccuRanker had it as big as the updates on the 3rd and the 9th on the 26th. It was very strong, right about 12 points. And I also just really appreciate that the charts go from 0 to 12.5, but the charts will never go under a 9. It's always it's always high, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's never below 9. Why would you have those numbers when you can't go below those numbers? So I appreciate that stubbornness. Basically <laughs> 0 at that point, right? Yeah. You win. I've never thought this much about charts. Oh. In my life. I'm you still will not. from here on out. I know. <laughs> and that was a rousing episode of Bear Charts with Greg, an audio program about visual charts. All right, next up, I have something called an ode to Shep. <laughs> and if you don't follow us on at Mark and Clock on Twitter, Shep dropped some gems. And this might have been her best tweet of the year. <laughs> Two whole likes. Where she said, <laughs> <laughs> paid. And it was uh, uh, talking about uh, Sam Tomlinson's article from last week. She said, I do not think performance advertising is a scam. I do not think so. At Digital Sam, I am. It was great. Thank you for the recognition. I appreciate it. It was really tweets. good. And I don't think it earned your like, though. Oh. No, <laughs> you I don't go back. <laughs> All right. And to round us out here, Hot Ones and Barstool are coming out with licensed food products. So folks are 
jumping all over brands that have big followings. And if you are an advertiser out there, they would like to get in front of a very loyal fan base. We now have an advertising media kit on our site. Check out the advertise button on marketingclock.com and you can get, you know, be, get a branded, uh, it's all the rage now. Yeah, it's in the news. We you have to. We could get a licensed smelling salts deal maybe. Oh, oh. oregano? All right, that's it for Organic Bud. What you got? All right, first up in social this week, newness on the horizon for nonprofits. Alessandro Paluzzi, a.k.a. at Alex193A on Twitter. 193 BOS taken? Absolutely. So he spotted a new Instagram feature in the works. Wouldn't support- it just be 193? No, I like the backwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's you go backward if it's a number, forward if it's a letter. Yeah. Okay, thanks for clarifying. The other way, the other way around. Flip that. Anyway, the feature, kids, is a support button that organizations could add to their profile so users can donate directly and create fundraisers. The season of giving is almost upon us, so I hope they launch this ASAP. It's great to see. More things. Instagram is testing some new tools to facilitate money-making by creators. They include affiliate shops, which are storefronts that allow creators to earn commissions when their audience makes a purchase, a dedicated inbox for partnership messages. They're calling it partnerships. It only includes messages from brands, gives them priority placement in DMs, and ways to match brands up with creators that are looking for sponsorship, and it gives brands insight into essential details about that creator, like their age, their follower count, things like that. That's the light side. We're going to cross over to the dark side because I don't think we quite got depressing enough in our main news. Greg, this is why I think that Facebook wins the battle for all-time loser this week. This is from the Washington Post. A new whistleblower claims Facebook allowed hate illegal hate and illegal activity to go unchecked. I'm just going to quote from this. They didn't name the whistleblower. They reported hearing from a top Facebook communications official during the controversy following the Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. This was Tucker Bonds, the communications official. They said it will be a flat. This is a quote. It will be a flash in the pan. Some legislators will get pissy. And then in a few weeks, they will move on to something else. Meanwhile, we are printing money in the basement and we are fine. <laughs> That's a real quote. End quote. Yes. Oh my goodness. End quote. Wow. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you gotta love them. What? This is unbelievable. Key takeaway is Facebook has a basement. Yeah. Can we get a money printer for our basement? Yeah. We're making <laughs> innovations. We could do better things with our money. Super villains, man. <laughs> yeah. Other allegations include permitting terrorist content, drug sales, and hate speech to flourish while also failing to adequately warn investors about potential risks. Like, whatever. Things get pretty dark. After that, if you didn't think that was dark enough, you can read the full post if you need the opposite of a mood boost. So now let's just pretend for a second that we don't care about basic morality. Evil doesn't exist. Something else that Facebook lied to their investors about was platform usage, So, which is important. That's why people listen to our show is to hear these things. So according to Bloomberg, uh, time spent on the platform Facebook by American teenagers was down 16% year over year. None of us should be surprised by this stuff, but apparently the Facebook investors are. People born after the year 2000 are taking longer to create their Facebook profiles. And when they do, they're usually like 24 or 25 years old by the time that happens. Users across all age groups are posting less. And this is cute. Despite Facebook's diligent research, employees don't fully understand why these trends are happening or why why product changes have failed to reverse them. Yeah, I know. They're printing money in the basement. Right? (laughs) So there's that. And we have done a lot of 
audio programs for visual charts already in this show, but there was a nice chart from Bloomberg with colors that uh, if you watch us, you can see. All right. Clubhouse users will be excited to know you can now pin a link to the top of your room to make it easy for people to check out something in the outside world. That is the gist of the new feature. If you would like to read five paragraphs and watch a 30-second video about it, link is in the show notes. A long read that might be worth your while, Reddit has released a new 20-page report called Reddit Radar. The platform seeks to share strategic ways for you and your brand to tap into what's trending on Reddit and the world at large. It's not just about how you can use this information on Reddit. There's broader insights on what you can do and how you can play into trends that they're seeing like cognizant consumption, IRL. Oh. Next, by way of Glenn Gabe, Twitter has launched new subscription cards that will allow users to subscribe to review newsletters directly from tweets, which is cool. I don't know why you would subscribe to a newsletter, though, when you'll soon be able to tune into a radio show from literally anyone in the U.S. This is from The Verge. Amazon is building a new app codenamed Project Mike. It gives anyone the ability to make and distribute a live radio show complete with music. And the project's big goal is to democratize and reinvent the radio. According to... Anything with project sounds so evil now after that first story. Well, I like how like radio, like there used to be terrestrial radio, then there's satellite radio, and then there's podcasts, and then there's audio chat rooms like Clubhouse. Yep. And then Amazon comes out and is like, we're going to revolutionize and reinvent the radio. The radio. Like maybe they mean the actual unit. This already happened like many times over. It's wild, but if you want to play with it um, when it's available, anyone will be able to pull from Amazon's music catalog, which seems cool if you actually oh. are into that. That's cool. Yeah. I just don't know what you can do with this. You Is get, it a podcast? Get your views out there. It's no, your I very think... own radio show. Oh. So you can like play music and stuff like mm -hmm. you're like you're a DJ oh. on 98. So it's like the thing we used to do when we'd all play music and take turns and stuff. Yeah. Nobody yeah. listened to oh, my okay. submissions. <laughs> I'm looking forward to starting a channel. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, so they're not, they're, not Mike. they're not reinventing the radio. They're reinventing playlists. They're, yeah, they're, giving, playlists. they're giving Literally. people yeah. an outlet. Okay. Yeah. You'll be able to listen in your car. <laughs> Reddit says people aren't driving anymore. I read that report. So that's paraphrasing, <laughs> by the way. Cars are still out there. Driving by. You can hear them. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. We're going to pepper in another positive Instagram story so we can do our part in suppressing the negative Facebook news. New we metrics. Owe it to them. <laughs> we owe them nothing. I needed a joke though. New metrics are coming to Instagram's insights tool for businesses and creators. You'll be able to see the total number of accounts that interacted with your content. You'll be able to see demographic insights into the users that engage with your content, whether they follow your profile or not, which is cool. And then it, beyond engagement, if your uh, content just reaches an audience, you'll be able to see their demographic info too. So that's really handy. Next up from social media today, TikTok has launched Made for TikTok, which is a video series designed to help marketers understand key elements of the app and create better TikTok campaigns. I, apparently, they launched it when I first read this story. I could see the videos and the announcement, but now everything is broken. The videos are unavailable and TikTok's page is down. So uh, check it out in a couple of days. Maybe it'll come back. Exclusive. <laughs> you heard it here. Next up, a tweet from Facebook Messenger at Messenger. It says, the group, we have a science project to finish. Me, puts on a green beard filter. I think we're done. We're thrilled to announce that group effects are available on Messenger video calls and Messenger rooms. Click the link to learn more. But I think it should read, we're thrilled to announce that our latest feature will make sure nobody can ever get anything done. 
Why would you have like a, a science outfit or something? None of it makes any sense. It's the dumbest, it's the dumbest tweet I've ever read. And I've read some dumb tweets. Not many. Now for a hashtag rumor retract. We talked about this last week, but PayPal is apparently not pursuing an acquisition of Pinterest at this time, per a statement on their website. Don't believe everything you hear. From Jess Bud. <laughs> <laughs> I just read the news, man. It changes. Uh, this was in your main news. <clears throat> in AR news that brands can use, Snapchat has launched a new creative studio for AR. It's called Arcadia. It's really cool. It'll provide a direct connection between brands and experienced AR experts, allowing them to team up to create things. But according to the article, it will work on a studio model, which means it'll take on select projects that require the most creative and technical skill sets. So you probably have to have a budget. It's not going to be a free thing, but cool to know if you have money and legit ideas. And from Aaron Parzigain, at Aaron Parzigain on Twitter, Former President Trump will be launching a new social network named Truth Social. <laughs> it will be part of a new publicly traded company named the Trump Media and Technology Group. And I said TRUTH because it's in all caps, but it really is just shouting. They lost an opportunity. It could have stood for something, you know? And uh, Jess, what was your account name? <laughs> <laughs> all right. According to Jane, not a Twitter employee, Manchin Wong, at Wong M. Jane on Twitter, she says Twitter is working on bringing super follows application to the web app. Twitter should hire Jane. They should. They should hire someone that can do something. Yeah, they should bring her on and just keep everything quiet. No more mm -hmm. leaks. Mm -hmm. Okay, Google. And she'd probably have some great contributions. She has great stuff, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, last up here in social this week, we all know how Facebook feels about Apple's privacy changes. So let's check in on a couple of other platforms. Snap reported Q3 ad revenue fell short of projected earnings, though they still made $1.7 billion. Don't know why they're complaining. They cited Apple's privacy updates as the primary cause, however. On the flip side, Twitter says Apple's privacy changes had little effect on ads. Yeah, you need to be able to target people <laughs> on the platform itself. <laughs> I literally wrote in my notes, no comment, but you're right. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. I used Google Analytics custom alerts for the first time. Um, I like knew they were a thing, but I've never used them before. So I set one up. You can do it for like any segment. So I set one up for um, giving me an email if a page is down with a 404 error. So just don't forget about those. They're nice. It, it's working. What about you, Greg? All right, I know I was going to say something about agency, but I'm going to push it off next week. Download the Google Ads app. It's really nice if you want to just check in on something, say you're traveling, um, you can easily see things in the notifications minus the optimization score notifications mm -hmm. you get can actually be really helpful. You can diagnose things super quick on the go with those notifications. I find it so hard to navigate, but I think there's something wrong with me. Once you get used to it, it's not bad. Okay, you'll have to show me. Jess? So for me, it's been a while since I've set up a new rule in Google Ads. So it looks like they changed the interface. I don't know when, but it was a much nicer flow of a setup, a little bit more guided, though some of the instructions were a little weird. I didn't need them, but if you're new to that, it might be confusing. So working hard and hardly working. Thanks, Google. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. 
and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is the new core add-in from Analytics Edge. It allows you to pull LinkedIn ads data right into an Excel sheet and automate reporting. The tool lets you quickly download the data you need or build a macro to combine, convert, calculate, and transform your data to extract meaningful insights all without any formulas or coding. Everything is wizard-driven. Those are their words, but I love that just in time for spooky season. You're a wizard. (laughs) Better than a Jedi. You can combine it with other connectors to consolidate reporting across ad platforms, which is really good stuff. The core add-in does cost money. It's 99 bucks a year, but you can try it out for free for 30 days to make sure you love it first. We will have the link in our newsletter and on Discord, so pick your poison and check it out. And now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Elliot Brand over on the website motionapp.com. And the name of the article is How to Stop a Scroll in Three Seconds and 50 Great Thumb Stop Examples. And Elliot goes on to talk about why you should care about a thumb stop, what the three critical elements are to launch your thumb stop, and then measuring um, using primary KPIs, secondary KPIs, and then 50 different examples that follow these principles. So thank you, Elliot. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. And we'll see you next week. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. We have another draft for you today, but I don't know if you've noticed we've been doing this for a while. We're kind of running out of ideas. <laughs> we've done best Halloween candy. We're going to do worst Halloween candy. I'm not running out of ideas. <laughs> How dare you? You're running out of good ideas. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Um, Caleb, I'm going to let you pick first. What do you think is the worst Halloween candy? So I don't know if you guys will know about this one, but when I was growing up, it was like in every single house, they would always give this out. And it was disgusting to me. And it still is. It's the candy Krabby Patty. I, I just don't get it. It's gross. It, like, why do you need a candy burger? The flavors are just weird. You don't know what they are. It's terrible. That was a great. I forgot all about that. And it's disgusting. It's gross. And I'm impressed. Okay. I'm going to go next because I'm the boss here. <laughs> um, And I'm going to go with we all hate it candy corn. Nobody wants it. I love candy corn. Disgusting. The pumpkin. Get stuck in your teeth. It tastes like nothing. Nobody wants (laughs) it. Nobody asks for it. (laughs) Give me a bag. I'll eat it right now, right here. I love it. You guys know what to get. Good to look at, not to eat. Greg. All right. I'm going to go first with probably the worst candy ever invented Bit O' Honey. What is that? I actually had one of those. Bit O' Honey. I remember I got it as a kid. My my teeth almost came right out of my head. (laughs) Bit O' Honey. (laughs) Unbelievable. I've never tried one of these, but it doesn't look good. That's it. uh, Yeah, it's It's gross. Jess, I know this is controversial. You got two in a row. Oh, I do? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Payday. It's a serpentine (laughs) (laughs) draft. Never heard of it? Paydays, y'all. Get rid of it. Drizzle some chocolate on it. I want it forever. I'm with you. As it stands, get rid of it. I don't really know what they are. 
caramel draped in peanuts. <laughs> it's, so, it's so mean. That's how I feel. <laughs> What's your People next? out there love it. What's your next pick? This isn't fair because it's not their fault. And they taste good, but the texture is awful. Milk duds. Those are Eddie's Earnhardt's favorite candy. Not, I gotta disagree oh, if you want. You should write down on a banana. Not bad. Sneaky not bad. I agree. Yeah. Isn't they're, that they're okay. so on brand for him? It is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, I'm gonna go with black licorice. Ooh. That, Disgusting. Do people even give that out for Halloween? Did you grow up in the 1820s? Yeah. <laughs> Good and plenty. Good and plenty is like black licorice covered in sugar. It's gross. Okay. It looks <laughs> that like was pills. really funny, Caleb. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. In my next pick, I'm gonna go controversial. I think Jolly Ranchers are disgusting. Oh, that was on my list. I don't really like sour candy at all. Literally, it's like your tongue is bleeding, and that again gets stuck in your teeth. You bite them too early. It's so not satisfying, and I don't need to ever eat one. I'd rather not eat any candy. So this might be really controversial, but I think that Tootsie Rolls are disgusting. <laughs> They're gross. I don't even think they legally can be called chocolate. Like that it's just like dark pick. colored candy thing. They taste know. like metal. Yeah, they're delicious. good. Yeah. They're delicious. great. And, they, yes. and they're so, so hard to eat. It's Chewy Roll, not crazy. Tootsie Roll. Okay, this one might be really controversial as well, but I don't like Smarties at oh, all. They're so good. Like, Smarties oh, are just 100%. They're just weird. What is it? Is it it's just like fizzy, no, minty, fruity candy. It's sugar discs. the same. They're gross. Oh, they're it's, wonderful. It's exactly. You're just eating like fizzy sugar stuff. It's weird. Yeah, I don't need those either. Okay. It's like chalk. My next choice will be Airheads. Airheads. What are you no, talking about? You, know, you just lost thing. everyone. It like makes your tongue bleed. I don't want what? it. What? Your tongue is bleeding. <laughs> yeah, it's like the certain types of candy. Oh, like, you guys know how everyone's tongue bleeds. No, it's like, <laughs> like makes me feel like my tongue is like raw. You feel like you your head's gonna feeling? turn into sure, a balloon. Was it a nine volt battery. <laughs> it's disgusting. Or an oregano essential oil you're drinking over there. <laughs> All right. For me next, I'm going to just keep it in the 1800s or whatever the shade was that came through my way. And I'm going to go Necco wafers. What? Oh, yeah. Sounds so, like something English. Yeah. This is like Necco. You don't know them? No, oh, I've never heard of them. You don't need to. Oh, they're like what is it? Discs. Yes. What is it? What is candy drags? They're flattened the chocolate colors. Smarties. They, this yeah. is and then they, there's one color that's like brown that's supposed to taste like chocolate, <laughs> but it's so disgusting. I need oh, to try it. I'm with you, Greg. I need to try these. I think you were right that it's terrible and they like don't exist anymore because I've never seen this candy in my life. I've eaten them several times. They're real. Jess, your um, last two picks. So I don't I don't need to be given a Werther's in my trick-or-treat bag. So I'll go there. Nobody does that though. That was such an obvious choice. I know, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Listen, okay, so for my last one, you guys were wrong about Tootsie Rolls. They're phenomenal. Ugh. Classic ones are delicious. However, the flavored ones, blech, and the vanilla. I don't like There is either. no more bland, disgusting, awful like candy. Get out of I here. Like the, I like the, everyone but the green one. Of those. I love Tootsie Rolls. Not I don't those. Know I'm not those. All right. For my last pick, something that nobody likes. Nobody likes these. If you're under, if you're over the age 10, nobody likes them. A dum-dum lollipop. Oh, I like Dum-dums. 
disgusting. Are those the small the gum inside of them? They're yeah. fine. No, you They're don't fine. want a dumb. You go to the to a house and you get a dumb dumb lollipop. It's the most disappointing thing. You get like five though. Ideally, you go to a doctor's office. It makes your day. Okay, I'm gonna keep it lollipop. I don't know if this is cheating. The Tootsie Pop. <laughs> the to- only no, thing it's worse than a Tootsie Roll is a Tootsie Roll covered in hard candy that has doesn't go with the chocolate. They're nasty. You're just not trying hard enough. It's so good. I, I hate Tootsie like Rolls, it. but I love those. What? Yeah. Caleb, that makes no it's sense. Like you don't suck it like a lollipop. Yeah, yeah, you, you know bite it. Exactly. I don't want to break my teeth. It's you like your animal. Too busy bleeding. It's a motor experience. You know, you just gotta get in there. Motor experience. Oh, so are we done? <laughs> Did Caleb do all of this? Did I? Yeah, I, think you, I one, you started. I did. So I have you, one more. Right? Yeah, you have oh, one, one more. more. Okay. I This is really hard to think of, but um, back when I was a kid, they used to give out like junior mints in these little boxes at Halloween. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The chocolate covered mints. And they're gross. They're junior disgusting. Mints? Junior, junior mints? Junior mints are the bomb. Think oh about what you're just saying. Like a piece of mint. With chocolate around. You don't like, like pepper Hello York. York. No, that's so weird yeah. to me. Mint and chocolate don't go together. This is just like, like Andes. Mint chocolate chip ice cream. Absolutely not. I don't like mint and chocolate going together. It's gross. Uh, you know, it's just, I just don't want it. Okay, Caleb, um, let's refresh everyone's memory sure. of your draft of worst candies, and everyone will have to vote in Spotify. Sure. So I had Krabby Patties, gross. Smarties, gross. Tootsie Rolls, also gross. And Junior Mints, the worst, gross. Okay, and on my draft, I had candy for- candy corn, ew, Jolly Ranchers, yuck, Airheads, ugh, and Tootsie Pops. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on my list, the worst was uh, Google. There was worst. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had bit of honey, black licorice. If you don't count it, I'm counting good and plenty. Necco wafers and dumb dumb lollipops. And I had payday, milk duds, Werther's, the obvious choice. And vanilla flavored Tootsie Rolls. You sound delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween. Okay, vote for me and happy Halloween. See you next week.